Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise busy lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. This week, we are wrapping up the last few chapters of Second Nephi in the Book of Mormon, which contain arguably some of the most important verses in the entire book. In chapter 31, we have the first real lesson in the Book of Mormon about baptism and how that plays into the doctrine of Christ. Since this is obviously a super important topic, let's jump into it. Nephi starts by refreshing our memory about the prophecies he and Lehi had both shared in the beginning of the Book of Mormon about John the Baptist and how, even though Jesus was the Son of God and thus very holy, he would baptize Jesus in order to fulfill all righteousness. Quote, And now I would ask of you, my beloved brethren, wherein the Lamb of God did fulfill all righteousness in being baptized by water? Know ye not that he was holy? But notwithstanding he being holy, he showeth unto the children of men that, according to the flesh, he humbleth himself before the Father, and witnesseth unto the Father that he would be obedient unto him in keeping his commandments. End quote. We often talk about the purpose of baptism is to cleanse us from our past sins. But according to Nephi's understanding of why Christ was baptized, that's not exactly correct. Christ was baptized to show God that he was humble and that he would be obedient to God's commandments. This is an important distinction to make. When referring to baptism, we usually talk about how one must first have faith in Christ and repent of any transgressions previously made in order to be ready for baptism. Well, while the process of repentance may start before baptism, it certainly won't be completed, and that's okay. Becoming like Christ is a lifelong process, and definitely does not need to be completed in order to start the journey and make the decision to be baptized. Quote, And again, it showeth unto the children of men the straightness of the path, and the narrowness of the gate by which they should enter, he having set the example before them. And he said unto the children of men, Follow thou me. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, can we follow Jesus, save we shall be willing to keep the commandments of the Father? End quote. We can't really talk about repentance and baptism as if they were two separate tasks to complete. It's more like they are woven together, and the gate by which we enter into the process of repentance is baptism. My favorite definition of repentance appears in the Guide to the Scriptures found at the end of the Book of Mormon. It describes repentance as, quote, a change of mind and heart that brings a fresh attitude towards God, oneself, and life in general. Repentance implies that a person turns away from evil and turns his heart and will to God, submitting to God's commandments and desires and forsaking sins. End quote. So the first step in this process of repentance, according to Christ's example, is to humble oneself and be baptized by immersion in water. That's how we demonstrate to Heavenly Father that we're serious about wanting to keep his commandments and follow Christ. Being baptized demonstrates that we've recognized the need to change and are making the commitment to live differently moving forward. That's the beginning of the repentance process. Now, some might think that they can fully experience this change of heart and mind and follow Christ without having to be baptized. I probably fell into this category. For about six months before I ended up getting baptized— I was hitting church pretty hard. I was attending services every Sunday, attending institute classes regularly, studying the scriptures diligently, and participating in activities in the local congregation where I lived. I spent a lot of time doing gospel-related things. But I was also basically still living my old lifestyle. 
Part of me really wanted to change, but part of me was also clinging to my old life. I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to get baptized because I didn't want to fully commit. Eventually, though, I got to the point where I realized that living this double life with church on the side just wasn't going to cut it. That's what baptism was for me. It was how I declared and showed to God and myself that I was all in. It wasn't just a decision I could make one day and say, okay, God, here I am, 100%. I had to actually perform an action, baptism, to demonstrate that I was finally humbling myself and willing to do that which Christ had shown us through his example. If I couldn't do the first thing that Christ did, baptism, how could I possibly expect to be able to do everything else for the rest of my life in order to follow Christ? Can we follow Jesus, save we shall be willing to keep the commandments of the Father? No. Quote, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, I know that if ye shall follow the Son with full purpose of heart, acting no hypocrisy and no deception before God, but with real intent repenting of your sins, witnessing unto the Father that ye are willing to take upon you the name of Christ by baptism, yea, by following your Lord and your Savior down into the water, according to his word, Behold, then shall ye receive the Holy Ghost. Yea, then cometh the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost. And then can ye speak with the tongue of angels and shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. Wherefore, do the things which I have told you I have seen that your Lord and your Redeemer should do. For this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism by water. And then cometh the remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. Okay, now things are starting to get complicated. Nephi is teaching us that there are actually two baptisms, one by water that we've been discussing, but then comes another baptism by fire, by the Holy Ghost, which results in a remission of our sins. So in our church, we generally refer to this as confirmation, whereby after baptism by water, a priesthood holder lays their hands on our head and confirms us a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and says unto us, Receive the Holy Ghost. Now, whether this baptism of fire that Nephi describes really happens in that moment of confirmation, or whether it happens at some later point, I think probably depends on the individual, and their level of readiness to receive a remission of their sins. But at the very least, this process of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost at confirmation allows the individual to finally really accept the Holy Ghost into their life and allow the cleansing process to begin. But let's be clear about what this is and is not. We often talk about the concept of having our sins washed away through baptism. Well, we already saw that this isn't the purpose of baptism by water, which is us demonstrating to God that we want to follow Christ. And as Paul teaches in the New Testament, quote, Therefore we are buried with Christ by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life, end quote. Baptism by water is us choosing to walk in newness of life. But even with the baptism by fire that comes later with the Holy Ghost, Nephi doesn't describe this as a washing away of our sins, but rather refers to it as a, quote, remission of our sins by fire, end quote. Remission is an interesting word that in our day-to-day lives is most often used in regards to cancer, where someone goes through radiation therapy or chemotherapy in an attempt to make their cancer go into remission. Then they might talk about how they, quote, have been in remission for three years. 
I think this is what Nephi is trying to describe here with the baptism of fire. Once we are baptized by water and allow ourselves to receive the Holy Ghost, we get a massive blast of spiritual radiation therapy, which puts our sins into remission. They're not gone, we can't change the past, but we have the opportunity to move forward on the straight path that Christ has laid out for us without having the weight of our past poor choices weighing us down. Heavenly Father is much more interested in what we choose to do next than what we've chosen to do in the past. Now for some, their sins may stay in remission the rest of their lives. For the rest of us, our sins may resurface from time to time while we're on the path. This slows down our spiritual journey, but we are always able to renew our commitment to the Savior and receive another dose of spiritual radiation therapy to push our sins back down into remission and allow us to continue on the path. This is probably a good time to talk about what we mean by the word sin. I actually don't really like this word because it's not very relevant to the outside world or those that might not yet have faith in God. My definition of sin is when we make a choice to do, think, or say something that goes against the teachings of Christ and either hurts us or those around us. Communication has always been one of my biggest sins. My wife is probably laughing at this right now as she's been trying to get me to be a better communicator for the last 10 years. But that's not actually the kind of communication I'm talking about here. I used to have a very sarcastic personality. I would often make jokes and other sarcastic comments about others, which often were hurtful, even though I thought I was just trying to be funny. This is something I've had to really work on since getting baptized. My baptism by fire definitely gave me the strength to push this tendency down, but it still surfaces from time to time, and I make comments that make me cringe. I say all this to emphasize the point that the concept of sin is broad, and we all have tendencies to do, think, or say things that either hurt us or those around us. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost gives us the strength to push away those tendencies, but we still have to be watchful and diligent for, well, the rest of our lives. Quote, And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, Nay. For ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. Wherefore ye must press forward with a steadfastness in Christ, having a perfect brightness of hope, and a love of God and of all men. Wherefore, if ye shall press forward, feasting upon the word of Christ, and endure to the end, behold, thus saith the Father, ye shall have eternal life. End quote. Thank you for joining me today as we discuss the doctrine of Christ, the process of changing our hearts and minds towards God and making choices, including baptism, and every step after that allow us to become more like Christ and have the desire to continue to accept his invitation to follow him today.